No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Well, Jets head coach Rick Bonus got his wish. He's not going to go to Florida for the All-Star game. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg. I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to discuss tonight's high-scoring, high-flying, no-defense pond hockey battle between the Detroit Red Wings and the Winnipeg Jets, the Motor City Boys defeating the Aviation Boys by a 7-5 margin in downtown Detroit Rock City, ending the Jets' winning streak at five games and the hopes of Rick Bonus behind the bench at the Central Division of the All-Star Game. Dave's telling yep. me I'm wrong. I think you are already. wrong. I think I think I think actually Dallas has to win. If Dallas loses in the Jets, it's one all right now. You know, so I've Jets... seen conflicting things because is this points not percentage Drew? Points I know, Drew. but is this not Dallas's 42nd game of the year? I believe it is. I think. Oh, now, what am I? What am I? NHL.com. Oh, you're so you're saying it's up. It's the points percentage based on 41 games. Correct. Oh, I, that, you know, you know I, what, Drew? I, you are. You. I will say, of the three of us, you are the one who is most versed in all-star <laughs> traditions and lores. So I will. I will defer. Defer to yeah, your greater. Drew loves every all-star game. There's nobody that loves all-star games like Drew. Right. If you think I'm going to be turning on my TV for one half of a second of that all-star game, yeah. you guys are completely delusional. But you know, to be perfectly honest, I've seen both reported. I saw oh. uh, the, the what I what I had said that it was based on the points percentage after 41 games. Uh, I'd seen that uh, from a Dallas reporter on Twitter earlier. Um, I, I Sean, it was our boy, it was our bar, boy, no, Sean Shapiro. No, it wasn't Sean Shapiro. I didn't think it was Sean Shapiro. I thought it was uh, uh, somebody else who covers the stars. I'm going to see if I can find it up. Uh, was during, uh, his name Saad Youssef for the other Yes, letter? that's yeah. exactly who it was. Yeah, That's exactly who it was. As he Saad Youssef from, uh, where, who's he with? Who does he cover? Athletic. For? The Athletic, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I saw that and I thought, uh, that he said it was after 41 games. Um, so, you know, we will uh, clearly, uh, find out the answer to that at some point in time. How weird is it, by the way, boys, that Rick Bonus has never been to an all-star game? Uh, 2,600 games and he's never been to an all-star game. So I'm actually rooting for him right now to get to an all-star game. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. I don't think he wants to go based on what he said, though. Uh, (laughs) Based on what he's been saying for like the last four days. Definitely not. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see uh, what the uh, end result ends up being on that front. I'll see if I can find uh, the information, but I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not going to look that hard for it because it's the all-star game and you know, take it or leave it one way or the, the other. Chat seems to think, Drew, that it, that Dallas has to lose in regulation. We just had yeah. bad news as Blake, his comment up there. So, it's, so it looks like that Dallas has to lose in regulation, but again, we'll try to confirm. Yeah, like I said, I, I've, I've seen conflicting things about it because Dallas has already played 41 games. And um, this is, I believe, is their 42nd game. So I think based on the I think points- Ryan, hold on. I think Ryan Trapp has the comment of the, of the of the show so far. This game looked like an all-star <laughs> game based on the score. I would agree with Ryan's assessment right there. Yeah. Well, neither team was playing the trap, boys. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so it's a good thing that we put Ryan's comment up there because uh, I think I know why Detroit isn't in a playoff spot right now because defensively they are an absolute tire fire. Like how many times this season, not I'm not talking just about the Jets, boys. Like how many times this season 
has a team looked that bad going up 4-1 and then earlier 3 nothing? Like, no lead was safe. Even, you know, late in that game, I was joking. We were watching – I came over and watched the third period here. Like, even when Detroit went up 6-4, I was like, this, this game is not even close to being over. So, I mean, look, the Red Wings get the win here. But okay, I, I, I can't – yeah. We'll smile and wave. We're smiling and waving for everybody who's asked us and or going to ask us to smile and wave. So that's uh, we, what we are doing. Again, just to go back. So Dallas has played 41 games. This is their 42nd game tonight. Mm-hmm. So they played 41 games and they have a points percentage of, of uh, 659. The Jets have played 41 games now and they have a points percentage of 646. So that could be the determining factor as to why. See you later, Rick Bonus. You ain't going to Florida. You'll stay in... In sunny Winnipeg. He might still be going to Florida anyways uh, for vacation. I mean, it's entirely possible that, he, that he's going to head down. To yeah, hockey players anyway. don't like that. To well, he's definitely not going to Mazatlan. <laughs> Too soon. We hope not, Ezzy. At least uh, uh, we hope not at the very least. Uh, yeah, T. Will now wants us to frown and give the finger. We won't do that, T. Will. <laughs> but I appreciate the, the sentiment. Uh, you know, We only take so many requests here on this post-game show uh, talking about the Winnipeg Jets and the Detroit Red Wings. It is the illegal curve post-game show brought to you by Betway on this Tuesday night as the clock strikes 9 p.m. Uh, discussing the Jets and the Dallas Stars. Look, uh, the Jets don't like this game. They like the offensive side of this game, but this is not a recipe for success. It's not a recipe for for success for either team. But Detroit anybody. might not, Detroit might not know how to play a different style of game, and that that's okay. That's their problem. They're learning how to uh, you know what it takes to be a winning team. Well, still- sorry, Drew. I was just going to say the craziest thing about the Red Wings. I mean, they're they're a very mediocre team. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into you know Jake Wallman's a good player like him, and I mean the 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 speed and skill, the youth. I mean, Moritz Sider, reigning Calder Trophy winner, right? Lucas. Raymond, he had a great rookie year. Like, there's a lot to like ab- about the Wings. Andrew Kopp, obviously, you know, gets on the board with some points. But I mean, this team is still, I, I think, a ways. Like, I-, I-, I equate the the Red Wings with the Senators a bit, guys. Mm-hmm. Even though I thought the Senators would be higher up in the standings, but you look at the standings. Like, I'm pretty sure Detroit and Ottawa are like what separated by a couple points right yeah. now. Especially yeah. with this win, that might have changed, right? Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, Detroit and Ottawa were the teams that a lot of pundits were predicting at the beginning of the season were going to make the playoffs. But just watching this game, like the Red Wings had lost three games in a row heading into this game. So they were desperate, but that was not desperate hockey. That was, you know, as back and forth as it gets with just chances galore. You know what that it was a young team, still a young team that has a lot of offense that doesn't realize that they can't run and gun their way to success. I mean, that's you know, the, you know, and, and when you have when you have youth on your side, you know, they're, they're more inclined to play an open style of game, uh, which is what you saw. It was back and forth from a viewer's perspective. It was entertaining. I mean, you weren't bored because, you know, there, there was a goal every you know three and a half minutes, uh, more or less. From a coach's perspective, it's heartburn inducing. And, you know, the Jets themselves, you know, and, and they know that that's not going to be a way that that's not how your game can look. Uh, on on a regular basis, Dave, in order to be successful, it would be a lot more fun of a league if it was 1980 all uh, the 1980s all over again, and every game was seven five or nine seven or eight six or whatever it is. But ultimately, it's not, you know. And, and just really top to bottom, it was uh, it had way more of an all star game feel as as was referenced than anything that you would want to uh, replicate on an ongoing basis. Well, I mean, it's funny because what did we talk about in the last game against the Canucks? That the Jets finally looked like they were ready to start a game on time. Well, mm-hmm. they did the opposite of that 
in this instance, uh, in this game. So they, they, they quickly forgot whatever it was that they had learned on uh, Sunday against the Canucks to close out that homestand, a perfect homestand. And as, as he said, you know, winners of five straight, the Detroit Red Wings had lost three in a row. And while they have a winning record at home, I think they're nine, eight and three. Well, some would argue that's a losing record. They, 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 they've been okay at little Caesars arena. And so, you know, it was interesting because I didn't know how the Jets were going to look and how they were going to come out. And they really didn't look very good. And we don't know, obviously, and I, I put the, I highlighted the comment a few seconds ago, but I, by Brent Bellamy talking about Billy Hainola being sick. So we know that the lineup was a little bit adjusted from what it was expected to be because Dylan Sandberg and David Gustafson weren't expected to play. It was supposed to be Billy Hainola and Kevin Stanland. Kevin Stanland didn't take the morning skate. He was under the weather as uh, detailed by head coach Rick Bonus, and then Billy Hainola wasn't out for warm-up, and so he he too missed the game, which which is unfortunate because I have to tell you, in a game like this, Ezzy, I think Billy Hainola probably would have excelled. Yeah, I would agree with that, and you know that's definitely a storyline. By the way, Gus Bus had a beauty pass on on the Nate Schmidt goal, so I was like, I was glad to see him back in the lineup. Shout out to Beer League, by the way, he's p- pulling out Bruce Sorrell. Obviously, he went to Kelvin, so I'm a proud Kelvin uh, High School grad, 2000. So, I'd like to see the uh, Bruce Sorrell, legendary coach at Kelvin High School. I believe he's the uh, PE teacher there now. So, he was the coach when I was in high school. That's incredible because that was 22 years ago. But uh, how, yeah, was your, I mean, how, how was your athletic career at Kelvin, Ezzy? I, I tried out for the hockey team. I didn't make the hockey team, but my my claim to fame was in I didn't make the team in grade 12. I knew I wasn't going to make the team, but uh, I was <laughs> the first overall pick in the Maccabi B League and won a championship with Denali. So and don't I, forget, you got school dances canceled for a significant period of time too. Yeah, I, I drank some tequila before I danced once. A Mickey of tequila, I think, in 20 minutes or something like that, and had to had to an ambulance had to be called. My stomach was pumped, but yeah, it was it was it was a you know, a bit of a. Two kids. He's yeah. got two kids, folks. <laughs> well, I didn't have kids when I was seventeen in grade twelve, Drew. But uh, yeah, and it was uh, it was a good dance. I don't I don't remember a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently, by the way, people told me that uh, there was a police officer at the front, and apparently, I was like giving him my debit card to get in, like as if I I, I was so tanked at that point, I had no idea what was going on. Like, what was he going to do? Like, pull out a a, a debit machine, and I was. <laughs> Charging me a hundred dollars to get into the dance, I don't know what I was thinking, but uh, anyway, shout out to Kelvin uh, Beer League. Apparently, he was a Kelvin Clipper. So, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Drew. Those were dark times back then. Uh, I, got, I think I got grounded for a couple of months. Times. Like my dad wasn't, he, you know, he he didn't go easy on me. He wasn't happy with me. Um, ended ended grade twelve. That was at the beginning of grade twelve. So I ended the a little bit better than I started. But um, yeah, like the, the 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 defensive play was a huge you know issue, guys. And it wasn't like you can single out one or two players, right? Like we talked, Jake Wallman got the the first goal, and obviously you know danced Dylan Demello a little bit there. But you know we're not going to single out Demello or or any one defenseman. I mean, this was this was a poor defensive effort from both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but look at, I mean, the Jets kept fighting back, but the issue is, and I'm sure you guys talked about this after the Jets Canucks game. I mean, it's not always going to like that recipe for success is, is not always going to work where, you know, you don't have a very good first period you go down a couple goals or three goals. And then because you're so t- talented offensively, you know, you can just keep tying the game up and, and coming back. Like they just ran out, ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, especially when, you know, Detroit went out, went up a couple goals in the third period. I mean, it's really hard to do that three times, right? In a game when you're down three nothing, and then and then four one, you make it four three. But at a certain point, you just 
it, you kind of run out of gas, right? So give the Jets credit for continuing to fight back. Um, but you rarely win games when you give up seven goals. Yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. You're not going to win very many games when you give up seven goals. And now you have to play a Buffalo team on Thursday. And, oh, by the way, Buffalo is the second has the second most goals for in the entire NHL. Eight and two in their last ten, Drew. Yeah, 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 exactly. They've been playing some very good hockey as of late. They've lost two in a row, but before that, they were certainly on a on a, on a, on a heater, as we talked about with Marty Biron on Saturday show. So the Jets have to find a way, Dave, to sort of uh, get back to the defensive structure that will uh, that will lead them to success. And that wasn't it tonight. Uh, from top to bottom. I didn't think Connor Hellebuck had his best game tonight uh, by a long shot. I mean, not that any of the goals, would, I would say, were, were glaringly bad, but there were a number of them that he usually, I would say, makes the save on that uh, somehow managed to elude him uh, in, in tonight's contest. So the Jets, you know, aren't happy with tonight. You can't be happy with tonight. You can be happy with some of the, with the dynamic play of the Connor Ehlers-Dubois line in the offensive side of things because, boy, they looked like they were uh, having some fun out there again and that is a load of a line to handle but for over 60 minutes and for long-term success this isn't the this isn't what the Jets need to look like no I mean not from any stretch of the imagination Connor Hellebuck giving up four goals on nine shots that's not what you're used to seeing with Connor Hellebuck I mean I'm sure he wanted to he most likely had a lot of friends and family we know his grade three teacher was in the house and maybe he was feeling a lot of pressure to impress her and his and and those gathered in little Caesars arena because I mean, he look, I agree. He didn't play. It, you can't blame them all on him, but yeah. again, four goals and nine shots is not, not great. Uh, not a great look on him. And the defense quite frankly, wasn't very good. There are a lot of guys and we'll go through all the goals, right? As, but yeah. like there are a lot of instances throughout the course of this hockey game where the jets just, just didn't have it going on. And so that's, it wasn't a good look and you're right. You don't, I mean, Rick bonus. I mean, it's funny, right? Uh, uh, Drew, what did I say two games ago before the start of the Vancouver game? Maybe it's my fault, but I said the Jets and the Bruins were the last two teams with under 100 goals. And since that point, the Jets have given up 12. So <laughs> they've gone from 99 to 111. Uh, quite a little uh, jump for a Winnipeg Jets club that had been defensively sound, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. And the other piece of irony, of course, with the Jets having scored 12 goals in their last two games, Josh Morrissey doesn't have a point, which is which is <laughs> rather remarkable given his his success this season. But he should have had a point on Shifley's goal in the third. He might not have a point, but I think he got at least a nine point eight or a nine point nine from the Russian judge on the, when he on was the doing triple sal cow. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah his, sure. on his dipsy doodling because that was damn impressive. But uh, you know, right? No points on the on the on the score sheet. No points on the scoring ledger for Josh Morrissey. But a gold medal in the figure skating competition at the upcoming uh, Olympics, whenever the next Olympics is. Fine, Ian, Blo Ian, Blo Ian Bloomberg corrected me. It's eleven goals, right? Because it was four against Vancouver, seven right. tonight. So eleven, not twelve. Sorry. That's right. So uh, facts matter, folks. Yeah, they, they just thank you, you know, Ian. Back to the back to the drawing board, and I know it's you know what the problem is when you're playing against a run and gun sort of team is you you end up getting into that track meet because truthfully that's how the players want to play. You know, playing a up and back you know a pond hockey style game is more you know natural and more entertaining from a player's perspective than it is playing a tight structure. 
they're not programmed to play tight structures. They do it because that's sort of how you have to win at the NHL level, Ezzy. But when you're truly having fun and these guys are, you know, playing hockey like they want to play, it's just back and forth and it's just a very loose uh, style. And, and that's you get, sort of get roped into that when you play a team like Detroit in that way. And it's difficult to sort of overcome that sort of uh, inclination. Yeah, you've got the comment up from, from Rob Mahoney. I think that Hellebuck needed this grade three math teacher to count up all the goals that were going past him there. <laughs> but uh, you're right, Drew. I mean, I think the players, especially the skilled forwards, like you don't think Mark Shifley and, and Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor and Dubois were, were having a great time tonight. Morrissey, mm. um, you know, the forwards love it. The goaltenders definitely don't. And the coaches, more importantly, don't. And that's why we talked about it, right? Like, Rick Bonus, Scott Arneal, like the coaching staff, they're not going to be happy, uh, you know, with with a lot of this game. And, I mean, it's one of those games that, you know, Paul Maurice used to say, you flush this one. And Drew mentioned this earlier. You've got a Sabres team that, yes, they've lost a couple games in a row, but they previously won eight games in a row. And they're nipping at the heels of Pittsburgh, who they play uh, the next night, right? Mm -hmm. So it goes back to kind of what we talked about on the Saturday morning show. Like the Jets have struggled you know, a little bit on the road here. They definitely haven't struggled at home. We know how good they've been at home. Mm -hmm. But, you know, against the Eastern Conference, I mean, you're going to have to tighten things up a little bit. And we obviously don't expect Buffalo to score seven goals. But as you mentioned, Drew, they this Sabres score. team can score with the best of them. And Second best power play in the league also. Yeah. So you also might have Eric Comrie in net, by the way, because he, I believe, was officially activated. He played tonight because uh, Pekka... Uh, Yuka Pekka Lakonen was sick, right? You. Exactly. He was sick and he was supposed to get the start. So you wonder if uh, UPL is going to get the start uh, on uh, on Thursday now if he's healthy because Comrie unexpectedly got the start tonight or does Comrie get it again against his old Jets team? That wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, but uh, obviously we're getting ahead of ourselves uh, looking at the starting goalie for the Sabres on Thursday when we have the Betway game recap to get to tonight. So we say good evening to everyone. If you're just joining us, welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live here on our YouTube channel. Drew Mendale, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg. Let's get into it. The Betway game recap is brought to you by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you the customer at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports as well as strong promotions and fair odds what are you waiting for head on over to betway and bet your way must be 19 years or older to play please play responsibly and in bones we trust is correct this is going to take a while with 12 goals having been scored took a while on sunday uh sunday afternoon as well dave and i went through it but uh, let's get right into it to talk about tonight's game detroit opens the scoring this is what you, exactly what you don't want when you're a road team. Detroit opens the scoring at the 116 mark of the first period. It's Jake Wallman. He gets his fourth of the year assist to Moritz Sider and Andrew Kopp. You'll be hearing Sider's name a whole bunch on uh, during this Betway game recap. Wallman uh, takes the D-to-D -D pass, and then he sort of just deeks out and avoids a little bit of a weak stick check from Dylan DeMello and is able to get to soft ice in the slot and just absolutely wires it past um, Connor Hellebuck through some traffic to give Detroit the early one nothing lead. Uh, again, just not the way you want to play this. DeMello's soft and he's out of position, he's I would high. say. Say too high is that what you're going to say? Yeah, he was too high. The, yeah, the way you right. described it is is right. Like, you know, he's chasing... Uh, Jake Wallman a bit. By the way, I'm not a Red Wings fan, but 
what do Red Wings fans think about 96? I'd like to know because we know who wore 96, Thomas Holmstrom. And Holmstrom's number hasn't been uh, obviously, you know, retired. You could argue that it should be retired, um, even though he, during the regular season he wasn't, you know, as prolific as Fedorov or Iserman. But Holmstrom had four cups, I believe, right? At least three. I just, I just thought that was a little interesting that Jake Wallman wears 96 when it, when Holmstrom was was such a revered Red Wing. Anyways, maybe people I, in the chat I'm agree with me. I'm going to bet absolutely nobody else thought about that. Really? I mean, yeah, I don't think you know. I I, I can probably I can speak for myself. Chat, back me up here. Holmstrom, how many years? Dave, Dave used to live in Michigan. How many years did Holmstrom play for the Red Wings? At least 10, maybe 12 or 13, and he won all those cups. I just think I don't know. I, maybe people don't care. I mean, I guess you could say the same thing about number nine. Uh, with Winnipeg, right? A bunch of players have worn number nine, and that was famously worn by Bobby Hull, but it's different franchises. Anyways, uh, I just thought I'd throw that in there. It, to me, it's a little bit weird to see. As he somebody... was like 15, 14 or 15 seasons in Detroit. There you go. Holmstrom. I mean, so I'm yeah. just saying, Holmstrom was uh, a very, like, he's one of the, the most popular Red Wings of all time. Anyways, nice to see Konstantinov at the game, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah, on this game, this is just a nice play by Jake Wallman. Like, you know, he he puts a nice move, and you, as you mentioned, just wasn't a very good check by by DeMello loses him a little bit. And, you know, you initially watch that and you say, okay, that shot was from a little bit far out. Hellebuck should have had that, but it was a pretty nice shot. Yeah, there's lots of traffic. I don't have a problem with the goal being given up. I just don't like the Jets' structure and I don't like the Jets' play in their own zone uh, that to lead to the goal, Dave. No, I mean, again, we talk about it. You, What's the one thing? You're, it's your first game on the road. You know, you're, mm-hmm. and look, you got a lot of games on the road, right? You've, you only come home for that one game against the Coyotes on Sunday. And then you're back out on the road for another three games. So, you know, the Jets are going to be a, a road team. They're going to be road warriors. Oh, another for five the next... games. Oh, is it... oh, that's right. It's five games, right? So yeah. three, one, and then five. So, right. the, so the reality is that you're you're going to be on the road for a while. Mm-hmm. And you got to be ready to play some road hockey. And, and they weren't. And they were loose. And and I said this as a joke in our in our group chat, but I I'm not wasn't being super sarcastic. Well, maybe a little bit. But, like, what do the Wings have to play for? The Wings don't care. So the wings are loose and they just, you know, they go out there and then I'm sure there's a little extra incentive for Andrew Kopp. And, you know, I'm not sure. And Ben Sherrod, of course, the Jets have already faced. But, you know, I'm sure there's a little extra incentive for for Kopp. And I'm sure there was a nice little dinner with with those guys and him and some of the Jets last night. But I saw in the chat some folks were saying, what the hell did Andrew Kopp feed these guys? To, the way, that, uh, was, that was not a good game Turkey, for, for Ben Sherrod. Like no, Sherrod, Sherrod looked like he let me tell slow. you, he the looked biggest, like he was getting beat pretty bad tonight. The biggest fleecing in the history of the world was that trade that the Montreal Canadiens and uh led with the Florida Panthers to when they they somehow first dealt Ben pick. Sherrod for a first round pick last Sherrod's year. Sherrod's a solid defenseman, Dave. I just think, like, on a good team, he's a third pairing defenseman. Like, I just yeah. think he's lost a step yeah. a little bit. Like, he's not, he's not you know, over the hill by any stretch, but what is he, 32, 33 years old now? Like, I just feel like he's not as quick as he used to be. And I, th- I thought you noticed that, you know, against a very quick Jets team tonight. Well, there's a lot of uh, Moritz Sider's uh, analytical numbers are, are down significantly this year, and there's a lot of attribution to the fact that he's playing with Ben Sherrod, and it's Sherrod who's really dragging him down. Uh, Sider's going to be a hell of a good player. Well, I mean, he had what he ended up with four four, four assists assist. tonight's game. I mean, but so, yeah. that's that that I'm not saying that based on that. I mean, he's just a he's very just gonna, yeah. well, and you, and you have you know I understand why Derek Lalonde has the paired up right, Drew, because mm. you know Sherratt's more of a veteran, stay at home kind of defenseman, right? But yeah, no, he's he's Wait, not. By having, the way, boys, he's not having a a year a year to write home about. That's for sure. For the record, this is going to be one hell of a recap because we've done one goal. <laughs> and we're 23 minutes in. <laughs> we're 23 minutes into this terrible hockey game, and we've got one goal done. 
Well, let's get into it. The second goal, it's Jonathan Berggren, a player I'm not terribly familiar with, believe it or not. Is it Jonathan or Jonathan? I don't know. I'm going to call him Jonathan. It's probably Jonathan, but, uh, uh, you know, again. I just make him Israeli. Yeah, well, whatever it is. It's Berggren. Can we agree that it's Berggren? I think we can agree on that He's Swedish. I know he's Swedish. Jonathan is a Swedish name. Can be Israeli, too. Also a Hebrew name, you know. Yes, that's correct. Well, my my dad is John, not... I mean, it's not short for anything. It's John. Well, what's and, his, second, what's his way, and the second goal uh, analysis will start in about ten minutes. <laughs> well, Drew, if we have if we have twelve goals to get through, and we're talking about our family's Hebrew names, then it's it's, it's really good. Yeah, I, I agree with Lisa. Lisa's assessment. Good thing the game started at six. I, Otherwise, yeah, we'd exactly. be doing this till <laughs> till right. two in the morning. If this was already, yeah, thank God it's uh, nine eighteen and not. It's a good thing Naomi's asleep because she would be letting me have it right now. Uh, anyways, Bergren, whatever you want to call him by his first name, gets his seventh of the year. Johnny B. Assist to Andrew Kopp and another assist to Moritz Sider. So two points each for those guys are early in this game. Uh, it's a great pass from Kopp, but Bergren just, uh, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois ha- is, is Bergren's guy, and he just loses uh, Bergren. Bergren comes in from the from the point, and he gets into that soft ice, and it's a, it's a one-timer snapshot uh, to beat Connor Hellebuck. And you can see PLD uh, with uh, feelings of regret immediately on the video of the goal because he just, you know, he's up at the point, and Berg- he just loses. Loses Berggren. He just does not yeah. stick with his guy, and Cop finds him with the great uh, with the great pass. Yeah, and I don't think I can, you know. And for the the mercy of the people that are watching the post game show right now, Drew, I'll try to keep it brief. But yeah, you're right. I mean, again, you know, the first couple of goals I think are similar, right? In that, mm-hmm. you know, you have the the you have a, a defenseman moving in from the point, although Berggren is not a, a defenseman. But you have um, you have Pierre Luc Dubois, as you mentioned, you know, uncharacteristically just loses him. And we'll get into the you know some of the goals later, but same thing with Adam Lowry turning the puck over yeah. uh, when the Jets are shorthanded, right? Like just uncharacteristic, just very soft in the in the defensive zone. So again, this goal, it's you know it's even strength, and it's a goal that was easily preventable, um, but you know just not good coverage on Bergeron there. Exactly right, and yes, well, well, I promise you, we're not going to get too deep into uh, into the Hebrew names in tonight's contest. Uh, Kenny's water. For those who don't know, Ezra in Hebrew means help. What is your Hebrew name, Ezra? I don't have one. Really? You don't and have I don't one. have a middle name either, as you know. I did know that. Yes. Uh, Dave, are you David in Hebrew? Nope. Dove. Dove. Okay. That makes no, sense. Which means well. bear okay. for the record. Yes. You are a bear. And um, the, perfectly in keeping with my Hebrew. My Hebrew name is Simcha, which, uh, you know. Celebration. Uh, well, Simcha, celebration, happiness. Because really, when you think about me, the one word that immediately comes to mind <laughs> is happiness. Um, it doesn't mean... I thought your Hebrew name was Oyvedru. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, if that was the... Everybody's Hebrew name would be Oyve watching this game, Ezzy. <laughs> yeah, Detroit makes it... Uh, boy, Detroit makes it 3 nothing at the 15-27 mark of the first period. It's Oscar Sundqvist just as the power play ended. So it's not a yeah. power play goal, but the uh, the Jets player, I guess in this case, it would be uh, Carson Kuhlman, who was in the box, uh, isn't able to get back into the play yet. Uh, he takes the pass on his forehand and sort of turns and fires in one motion, beating Connor Hellebuck from right in close, right in the low slot uh, to make it 3 nothing for Detroit before the first period is up. So things have gone from bad to worse to disaster uh, for the Winnipeg Jets in the first period. Yeah. And, you know, again, you know, I'll try to keep it brief here. And you mentioned, you know, it, it comes 
um, you know, at the end, just as the penalties expiring, Coolman's coming back onto the ice. But, you know, Sunquist is a player you guys remember I always used to like on uh, St. Louis when he was on St. Louis with Ivan Barbashev, right? Barbashev, Sunquist, those, those were third, fourth line guys the year the Blues won the Stanley Cup. So I just wanted to get that in there. Sunquist, I think, has been a nice addition to the Red Wings team. David Perron, I didn't think, for a guy who, who has notoriously fed on the Jets when he was with the Blues and the Golden Knights, um, I don't even know if Perron, Perron even get a, an assist in this game. I don't know if he did. But he certainly didn't have the type of impact he's had before. So, yeah, this is just a nice shot. Like, I mean, the, the Jets looked like they were going to get out of that one, you know, uh, scotch-free there. But, um, again, you know, I just thought that in their own zone, you know, that was a huge issue with the first period, even though the Red Wings didn't have a ton of shots and the Jets actually, you know, were probably the better – they were definitely the better team in the second and third periods. But the first period, you could argue the Jets were the better team, and it was just a nice shot by by Sunquist. And again, can't blame Hellebuck on this one. Like Hellebuck can't be god every single game. You know what I mean? Like he has a nine thirty save percentage. Um, if he doesn't end up going to the All Star game, I mean, why are we even having an All Star game? It's just ridiculous if Hellebuck ends up not being an All Star. But again, I probably won't watch it regardless. But again, Sunquist, that's a beautiful shot by him using his body, and it's obviously tar- hard when you know the turnaround wrist shot. So. Again, you know, the, the Jets put themselves in a hole, but they managed to, to climb, climb back in it, and we'll get into the next one. They did manage to climb back in it before the first period was over. Uh, a minute and 50 seconds after Detroit makes it 3-0, Neil Pionk scores his seventh of the year, assist to Shifley and Perfetti to make it 3-1, Dave. And this is coming on a, a jet, an extended shift by the Jets in the Detroit zone where they're mm-hmm. cycling and they're cycling and they're keeping the Red Wings hemmed in for many of the Red Wings players were on the ice for a minute 20, a minute 30, and it's Pionk takes the puck and gets it on net from the point and it evades all the traffic in front. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Wheeler was in front among uh, some yeah. other players and Shifley. he beats, uh, Shifley was there too, and he beats Vili Husso to make it 3-1, an important goal for the Jets at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, they... Hadn't been in the game much in that first period, and it gave them some life. And you're right; they they were able to hem throughout the course of that shift. They were they were hemmed Detroit in the zone, and we talked about how they were able to get you know guys uh, off the the change line and and do that. And Detroit was exhausted, and they and that's exactly what you want to see them do. And so in the end, they get rewarded, and and they gives them some life. And suddenly it's a three one hockey game, and you're thinking, okay. We've seen this script before. The Jets don't start the game on time, but they're in a hockey game against a bad Detroit team. Let's be honest. They aren't a very good hockey team. And so you're anticipating that this is a game within striking distance of the Jets because it's 3-1 going after 20 minutes. That's not an insurmountable lead uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, maybe obviously against a team like Boston, you're, you're having a different conversation, but not against a team like Detroit. So if you're the Winnipeg Jets and you're going in having played a terrible, you know, first period and you've given up, that many goals on that many shots mm-hmm. for Connor Hellebuck, you're thinking, okay, well, if you can get into the second and you can start on time, well, then you then you have a chance to 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 get back into this hockey game. They didn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Well, they, I mean, interestingly, That's they not did. True. They, I guess they, they did, they, but they, they gave up the goal. They did have, I mean, much like a lot of instances in this game, mm-hmm. the Jets actually had chances, didn't convert them, and then subsequently the Detroit Red Wings did, and then, you know, added added a little uh, added a little bit to their lead. Before we get to the 4-1 goal, I, I just love Perfetti on this shift. Like, I'm sure you guys talked about it. Like, Perfetti, we know, he, even though he's he just turned 21 years old, mm-hmm. um, he's really hard on himself, right? He didn't have any points in his first two games back, but clearly 
I mean, tonight he contributed, and I loved the, like he was flying around the Red Wing zone, looking like Ehlers. Actually, yeah. I thought so. I love the fact that he was, you know, you know, cycling as as Drew mentioned with Shifley, and then he was making himself an option if if Pionk wasn't going to shoot that. Um, Perfetti was going to be an option for the one timer there. So I just thought Perfetti like, and we knew Perfetti was going to get better, Dave, as as the games went on. But I thought this was easily his best game of the three since he's been back. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly with that comment. He was certainly noticeable for all the right reasons in, in, in tonight's game. And to be honest, I think that line needs him. Uh, you know, that line, because, you know, Wheeler is not the same Wheeler that he once was, as we all know, and we don't need to rehash. But Wheeler, as a third wheel on that line, if Shifley and Perfetti are going, well, that's mm -hmm. perfectly fine. But expecting Wheeler to maybe drive that line alongside Shifley, he just doesn't have that part of his game anymore. He's a very good Wiley veteran who can capitalize on the skill of, of Shifley and Perfetti. But that line definitely, I mean, Shifley's going to do his part, but it definitely needs Perfetti. Uh, you can also. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say quickly, Drew, you can also still see that Wheeler's just not there yet. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I, I, you know. Like I said, it's not I, can, I can relate to Wheeler, by the way. <laughs> well, Basically, as you're as, he, as you're slowly regaining your form, so it's good. Don't worry, just uh, keep at it. Keep keep your commentary going, and eventually you're going to hit that Ginsburg form. But keep icing, right? That's the key. That's absolutely. what Drew keeps telling me. Just keep keep absolutely. that ice on there, and it'll get better every day. Absolutely, I, I, I still ice, and I had my vasectomy two years ago. <laughs> but the point is that you'll see the bounce back happening with Ehlers a little quicker. You're seeing that bounce back happening with. Uh, Perfetti a little bit quicker. Blake Wheeler, his timing just isn't there. You saw it on that three-on-one where his pass was a shade slow. Uh, there's just been a few instances. I literally yelled to you, Dave. I was sitting beside you, and I was like, why didn't Wheeler shoot there? Yeah, yeah. There's been there's been some... some and again, like easy, I said... Easy for me to say, right? Yeah, it is, but that's why we uh, that's why we do this show, Ezzy, because we sit here comfortably and we, we, <laughs> we give analysis as opposed to trying to play the game. Continue. 4-1 it becomes for the Detroit Red Wings early in the second period. Uh, 2.57 in, in fact. Dominic Kubalik, his 13th of the season, assist to Oscar Sundqvist. And it's a, you know, a Neil Pionk uh, mishandles the puck. The Jets are in a good position. He mishandles, mishandles the puck at the Red Wings uh, blue line, leading mm -hmm. to the two-on-one that, uh, uh, that Kubalik is able to capitalize on. Uh, you know, look, it's a two-on-one. So, you know, it's hard to make a save on a two-on-one. But I, I thought Hellebuck was in a decent position here, and maybe it's a save we've seen him make. It's hard to, mm -hmm. to really criticize a goalie. But this was a time I thought the Jets needed a stop, yes. and they didn't get it. I think, And he, and he usually does here. bail them out. And that's, that's, that's right. what he it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the show, right? Like, Connor Hellebuck, all year long, he's had a few bad games. But it's been very few. <laughs> like, yeah, few and far maybe, between. Exactly. Maybe a couple, but... You're right, Drew. I mean, you mentioned it. You know, it's a bad giveaway. It's Axel Janssen Fialbi, who's been playing probably his best hockey uh, as of late with, you know, guys coming back. He's a guy that, you know, we wondered if he might come out of the lineup for David Gustafson, right? Because Gustafson and Stenlin have been kind of, you know, sharing the fourth line center roles, but both of those guys can play on the wing, right? But mm -hmm. the way Janssen Fialbi is playing, and obviously once Stenlin is back to full health, you know, it, it could still be Stenlin coming in for, for Janssen Fialbi, but um, you know, it's a pass that, and I'm not blaming AJF. I'm just saying, you know, the puck bounces over Pionk's stick. And as mm -hmm. you mentioned, we just talked about Sunquist, who scored the Detroit Red Wings' third goal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a nice two-on-one, and I thought Brandon Dillon played it, you know, pretty well going, uh, you know, he drops down and tries to block the pass. And then Johnson Fialbi hustled and got his ass back and tried to break up the, the pass. But again, I mean, it, it was a two-on-one, and, you know, Kubelik is a guy... 
um, you know, that has scored a, a lot of goals in the NHL. So, I mean, it, again, it's turnovers, it's bad defensive coverage. And even though the Jets, you know, made it interesting there uh, by making it a, a one-goal game, again, you go down 4-1, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, the Detroit Red Wings, the Tampa Bay Lightning, whoever, mm-hmm. it's tough to keep coming back like that. And even though they did, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's making it really hard on, on yourselves to do that. And I actually thought, you know, Hellbuck might be pulled after that goal, but we just haven't seen that a lot under Rick Bonus, but that was one goal, Drew, that I also thought that, you know, that was definitely uh, a stoppable shot. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, 9.46 mark of the second period, the Jets again cut it to a two-goal lead. Sam Gagne gets his eighth of the year, assist to Gustafson and, and AJF, Axel Janssen-Fialbi. It starts sort of with Janssen-Fialbi takes a wild shot uh, in the Red Wing zone, misses by a country mile, but Gustafson is quick on the puck, and that's what you want to see when a guy gets back in the lineup and a guy who, you know, you know that he hasn't been happy to be healthy scratch the last couple of games, but he picks up the loose puck, and from behind the behind the net, he feeds it out front to uh, to Sam Gagne, who who's in the slot in a good uh, scoring position. And Gagne gets a little bit of revenge against his old team to cut the Red Wings lead back to four two. As you kind of feel like the Jets are never fully going to be out of this because of the loose nature of Detroit uh, in their own zone, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, Drew. I mean, Dave Gustafson, you know, he's not feeling very good about himself because he wants to be an everyday NHLer. And when you're out of the lineup and you're sitting, then watching the games from the press box or wherever he is watching the games, it's not a fun feeling. And and again, there's a lot of, I mean, there's guys that are getting healthy and there's Saku Manalainen who switched his jersey from, you know, the pale blue or the light blue non-contact or light contact, sorry, to yeah. a regular jersey today. So he, as Rick Bonus said, is day-to-day and that means you could have Sacramento line and available. And we can talk about that after the break as to what we might think happens in that regard, because of course the Jets are going to have to make a move because they're at the 23 man roster limit. But yeah, look, Somebody you might see- have to go on waivers again, Dave. Well, that would be my suspicion unless they decide to just send Villy Hainola. That's the easy answer is to send Villy Hainola, who of course is waiver exempt. Wow, but he was going to be in the lineup for tonight's game. If it hadn't been for that sort of late illness. So I don't sure. I of course. To- I, I, you know, and like you said, we'll talk about it after the Betway game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we still have yeah, many yeah. goals to go. No, and I, and look, Drew, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that there, it's possible that that we don't. We, anyways, we'll get into that after. All I'm yeah. saying is that you want to see that from Gustafson. You want to see that hard work, and you know the one positive, pass. like, and we've no, said it, that so many times. Gustafson's still looking for his first goal, Dave, which is yeah. it's going to come. It's going to come very soon. Um, but you, you have to love that vision and that, those hands. Like he just yeah. absolutely threads the needle there. Well, I mean, you and you, and again, like I said, you don't, the one thing with Gustafson you don't want is you don't want him playing a tentative game, which I think we saw in the penalty that he got called for, but like, cause his, his game is having, you know, assurance himself, his knowing his role on that penalty kill. I mean, the goals we've talked about it from your fourth line, they're gravy. If you can get them, that's fantastic. And look at the end of the day, like Sam Gagne, I mean, what a, what a, what a, what a benefit he's been from a salary cap perspective. Sure. I mean, I looked at it from, Remember, Paul Stasny and and Sam Gagne were essentially the players that the Jets were looking to sign. Gagne signed for 1.5 million with Carolina. Gagne signed for 750k with the Jets, and Gagne has eight goals and six assists. And 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 I think uh, Stasny has either two goals, I think two goals and 11 assists. But I'm just saying that it's you know with for a team like the Jets who were able to carry 29 players on their roster, six on IR and and 23 on the on the man the the main roster 
because of the fact that they've managed the salary cap the way it is, that's a huge benefit for, Sam, for them. Sam Gagne, so. Dave, is like when you see a really nice pair of shoes that were like $150 regular price, but you go to winners and they're like $30. <laughs> you know, that's what Sam Gagne has been. He's been a bargain basement find, right? Like, yeah. And I agree. I mean, we he just celebrated his 1,000th game. That was an amazing ceremony. Um I agree. I mean, again, Gagne is a guy that ideally I think you want on your fourth line or third line, but I think for him, he's a guy that can move up in your top six, your top line, and play on your second power play unit. Yeah. He's, he's had his struggles this year. Don't get me wrong. Like He's had, what did he go, you know, 10, 11, 12 games or whatever without a goal. Yep. But for a guy that's already got eight goals, like he's on pace for 16 goals, like for less than a million dollars, like I think the Jets and Chevy will take that. I've seen your shoes, Ginsburg. You're still looking for that bargain at, at, at winners, undoubtedly. Yeah, I'm still wearing Birkenstocks. <laughs> Nate Schmidt makes it 4-3. It's at the 12.08 mark of the second period, his fourth of the season. Assist to Cole Perfetti and Blake Wheeler. Perfetti really is the one who makes this play. He does a great job uh, losing Olimata, shaking off Olimata, uh, sort of, and then picking up the puck, taking it uh, behind the net, behind the goal line, and he finds Nate Schmidt, who's cutting in and tr- driving hard from the from the uh, from the defensive position to get into a good scoring opportunity. The defense are coming. Nate Schmidt came on this play to make it 4-3 for the for the Red Wings at this uh, later stage at the back half of the second period. Yeah, I see, Bells is agreeing with me. Brent Bellamy of the Winnipeg Free Press. Love the uh, picture of Waterloo Street, by the way. Um, Brent posted a picture of uh, Waterloo Street when it was first uh, back in the, I guess that would have been the 1950s or something like that. And then today looked pretty cool. Love the old architecture pics. Anyways, we'll keep it to uh, hockey here, but I wanted to give Brent a shout out for that. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is just uh, an absolutely beautiful assist. And you mentioned, you know, Perfetti's work behind the net um, with Oli Mata there. Oli Mata, again, like to me, the Red Wings, that's the biggest issue with the Red Wings right now, similar to the Senators, right? Like, you've got a lot of talent uh, on the back end when it comes to, you know, Moritz Sider specifically, but, you know, Oli Mata, Ben Sherratt, to me, like these guys are, anyways, um, Ben Sherratt had Shifley in front of the net there. And then I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, boys, it was the fourth line against of the Red Wings against the, the Shifley line. I know that uh, Dominic Kubalik was out there and he just doesn't pick up uh, Nate Schmidt. So yeah, beauty pass from, from uh, Perfetti to, to Schmidt. We talked about it. I mean, Perfetti was feeling it today. You could see he's, he was way more confident and he was getting the results on the score sheet. So that was a really nice goal to bring the Jets uh, within one. And yeah. to play Mambo number five. Exactly. Did you play but, that? Well, Drew, we didn't. We didn't play that, Drew, because as oh, he wasn't, okay. as he didn't get it to the third period. If as he would have been here, then maybe we would have. Considered. I still say that the Jets players should get to pick their goals like a second half goal song, like a second half of the season goal song. Yeah, like they should get. They should all get to pick. And maybe some of them want to keep their goal songs, but I think it'd be cool if they switched it up a little bit. But boom, boom Drew, you did make an, an interesting observation about the defense and and scoring from the back end because I, I don't know what they're up to now. But twenty three. 23 okay yeah. so there you go and it's it's i mean again considering what did they have last year the entire season what was it, was it 16 it, or something it was 18 i think maybe yeah. or 20 it was either 18 or 21 it was a low number and the reality is that rick bonus is you know he's got more than what he wanted i think he wanted 44 from the back end this year so he's he's doing that and and look nate schmidt has four goals already this year he had four goals all of last season so i mean you're getting the contributions from from the back end and that and it is big but more importantly, one of the things that I'm sure Rick Bonus is saying in his post-game comments, Drew, is the idea that this team needs to play better defensively. Because yeah. that was not... Look, as you said from the outset, and we'll get into it because we still have to get to the third period, but the reality is 
you can't win hot. You can't win playoff games like this. You can't play this loose. I don't care who the team is, whether the best team in the NHL or the worst team in the NHL, you cannot play loose hockey like this and expect to win in the playoffs. Can he look for the record? Can't win it in, in, uh, in the regular season sometimes, let alone in the playoffs. So, it, it, you know, the jets are better than this and they didn't show it tonight, but, uh, Right now, sorry, Drew. We're only at the. Where are we right now? It's what is this score? Five, four, three, four, four three. three. So, yeah. so right now, folks are thinking maybe the Jets can get back into this one. We're past the midway point, boys. Yes, we are just a little bit over the halfway point. Thank goodness. Uh, the Red Wings uh, get another goal before the second period is up, and you thought this one might be the killer, but the Jets did fight back again. Dylan Larkin on the power play. It's a five-on-three man advantage with both Gustafson and Dylan in the box for tripping and high sticking, respectively. It's Dylan Larkin, his 14th assist to Maritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. And Adam Lowry is going to be uh, ruining this one in his dreams for the next little while. It's on a stick. It's a simple clear. And he just absolutely gaffs on it. And it ends up moving around Sider to Larkin with a one-timer to beat Connor Hellebuck. And look, again, it's a five-on-three situation. But I thought Hellebuck was in position here to make the save. I thought he anticipated the play pretty well and was in a decent enough position, and it sort of goes through him. Again, it's not a goal that you're going to say is a bad goal, per se, but it's a goal where I think more often than not, he probably makes that save. I didn't think that necessarily, and I'm sure people might disagree with me, didn't look to me like Dylan Larkin got all of it. Uh, that he got, you know, and that and that Hellebuck wasn't yet in position. I thought he was there, and it maybe squeaked through him. But regardless, I think of you're that, right. yeah, it, I it's think Adam right. Lowry. It's Adam Lowry who's going to hate that he didn't uh, that he sure. didn't get this one out. Yeah, and that's obviously the low hanging fruit. Anybody who who was watching the game, you know, cringed when when that happened because it looked like you know Lowry had complete control of the puck, and then he was just going to clear it right. And you got to give him, you know the benefit of the doubt here because he has been an absolute warrior all season long on the penalty kill. He's a human being. Guys make mistakes. Like even Wayne Gretzky makes mistakes. Connor McDavid makes mistakes, right? The best yeah. players, Drew Mandel makes mistakes, right? Dave Am never makes mistakes, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a turnover by, by Lowry and, you know, in terms of, you know, the shot, I mean, more at cider, you got to respect his shot. He's got a, a, a big booming shot, right? Yeah. And it's obviously, you know, Dylan Larkin's got a pretty good release himself, right? Mm -hmm. So you're right, though, Drew. I mean, it looked like, you know, Hellebuck had a chance on that one. But whenever you're going, you know, right to left and and you're kind of, you know, respecting the the point shot and then you're going to the, the other side, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if you're going to fault Hellebuck on a, on a five-on-three. Like we talked about, right? Like Vancouver had... Um, no, was it? Am I getting games confused here? The the Lightning game was it? The Lightning game or the Canucks game? I'm getting them confused. Where the Jets scored two five on three goals. Pretty sure it was the Lightning game because I didn't Lightning do the, game. Yeah, I didn't do the post game for the Canucks game. So I mean, you expect to score on a on a five on three almost, especially you know the way the Jets power play has been performing. So again, you know, a costly turnover. But as you mentioned, the Jets were able to pull within one again. Looked like you know that was going to be the killer goal from the Red Wings, but it obviously wasn't. Mercifully, we're now through 40 minutes of this game in the Betway game recap here. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show 20 minutes before the top of the hour on this Tuesday night. Uh, the Jets open the third period as you need to when you're down by two goals. In a blink of an eye, Nikolai Ehlers, who apparently had a rocket strapped to him uh, uh, on this goal, he gets his second of the year. Assist to Kyle Connor and Neil Pionk. 
and uh, tons of skill on display here. Kyle Connor with the spin move and sort of and and, and passes it up to Nikolai Ehlers almost in in one false swoop, and then Ehlers coming in. I I mean it's a two on one, but he's an app. He's not looking to pass on this one. There was no pass opportunity. He was full steam ahead, and that's going to be a, a nightmare situation for any goaltender in this league, Dave. And he makes no mistake uh, beating uh, beating Billy Huso. I believe it was five hole but just an absolute beautiful play that starts in the Jets own zone and uh, you know right at the blue line uh, by Kyle Connor to send in Ehlers all alone yep and that was the 30th assist of the season for Kyle Connor his 50th point six straight season for him with 50 and at least 50 I should say and he is of course on pace for 100 this year which would be the first time in his career that he ever hits that mark and amazing given like we said on the last show how uh how it didn't seem like he was going to get to 20 goals, 30 goals. We weren't sure. Now he's on pace for 40 goals, 60 assists, and 100 points this year. So uh, a remarkable story for Kyle Connor. And, yeah, Nikolai Ehlers. I mean, that that's probably the most important element out of this game is that Nikolai Ehlers is starting to look more and more like Nikolai Ehlers that you've come to expect and that Jets fans were hoping they would have seen for 36 games that he missed between game two and game 39. But, you know, if you can get him back and you can get that line playing, and the, if Cole Perfetti, and as he talked about it, Cole Perfetti is going, like Blake Wheeler is a little, I mean, I almost wonder if you're better off having Wheeler on that third line right now to get him a little bit more time. We can talk about the lines after the commercial break. But to me, there's a benefit, I think, to to that potentially. But right now, look, you're, you're coming on a five-game win streak, so it's hard to critique the Jets prior to today's game. Of course, we're going to critique them. But I, what I would suggest is that, the Ehlers line is just really flying right now. And, 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 and he himself looked really good. So yeah, you, you, if you're a Jets fan and suddenly it's a five, four hockey game, you're thinking to yourself, how are we even in this game? We, you don't deserve to be in this game. And yet again, because of the way Detroit's playing, you are in this hockey game. So it went with 33 seconds into that third period. Suddenly things are looking up, which is shocking given the way the game had gone to that point. Yeah, exactly right. Unfortunately, the good times don't last long. They last for a minute and 19 seconds, Detroit. Detroit gets punched. They counterpunch real quick. Robbie Fabry, his second of the year. It's been an injury-riddled season for him. Uh, And then assist to Lindstrom and Valeno. It's a beautiful tip. Just an absolutely great redirection uh, uh, by Fabry. Uh, but, uh, you know, Morgan Barron is, is covering him. He just doesn't tie up the stick. And it doesn't look like Fabry's in a great position to make the redirection. But he's a veteran player. He knows how to do things, uh, you know, in this league and how to, you know, get that stick into a good position. And he does so. And he redirects it past Connor Hellebuck as he to give the Red Wings uh, the 6-4 lead to expand it back to a two-goal lead. Yeah, I like what Spencer said, just as a side, putting Lowry back on Shifley's wing and then, you know, Wheeler playing third-line center, right? We saw that uh, last year. We haven't seen that, you know, this year. That's something maybe a Saturday morning topic, but I like that Spence, he, uh, I like where his head's at there. But, yeah, uh, you know, look, look at, I mean, we talked about it. You thought at 3 nothing, 4-1, 5-3 that the Red Wings, you know, might have sealed the deal, but it really wasn't until the 6-4 goal that, that they sealed the deal. And Robbie Fabry, as you mentioned, Drew, not only has he had – you know, injury problems as of late. Um, he's had injury problems throughout his career, going back to the, the Blues. And you're right, between the legs tip there. Um, not, no one's going to fault Hellebuck on that one. We talked about, you know, the the Jake Wallman goal, or m- maybe, you know, he could have got across a little bit quicker and stopped the Dylan Larkin power play goal. But on this one, I mean, that's just a, a beautiful tip. And that, that really was the, the final nail in the coffin for the Jets tonight. 
uh, yeah, but they got close again. It wasn't. And by the way, Drew, just, Drew, remember, just before that goal, it was yeah. a three on one for the Jets that had That's Wheeler right. had Wheeler converted that three on one. It's a tie game. It's a tie hockey game. Which well, is and Neil Pionk does hit the crossbar after Shifley's goal as well, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's amazing to think that they, if they convert that, because right after they didn't, it was what 15 seconds later is when Detroit uh, regained the two goal lead. That's right. I mean, it just, you know, it was that close. The Jets were, you just felt like they were never quite able to get over the mountain of, of officially tying the game tonight. They got so close on so many different opportunities, including, of course, Neil Pionk, uh, you know, hitting the post in that instance, uh, you know, after the Jets made it 6-5, uh, but they weren't able to just tie it up. Speaking of 6-5, it comes on the power play uh, with uh, four minutes and five, pardon me, five minutes and five seconds to go in the game. Mark Shifley, his 24th of the season, assist to Pierre-Luc Dubois and Nikolai Ehlers. Just an absolutely, he's not on the scoreboard. So if you didn't, you're just looking at the score sheet and you didn't see this play, it's a wonderful play by Josh Morrissey. He knows that Ehlers is going to negate any icing. So he slaps it in from beyond the red line. Ehlers, of course, negates that icing, gets the puck, almost gets an opportunity as a result of it coming off of the end boards. Uh, it doesn't end up in an opportunity, but it ends up eventually on the stick of Pierre-Luc Dubois. He rings it off the post, and then Mark Scheifele is there to clean up the garbage to make it 6-5 for the Jets, and there's going to be a hectic final five minutes in the game uh, at this point in time. Yeah, I like how you mentioned Morrissey's uh, intentional slap there was really yeah. smart, and you're right. If anybody deserved an assist on this goal, but yeah, they were moving the puck well. Um, you know, we talked about Fabry, you know, scored the the uh, the sixth goal for the Red Wings. Just a dumb penalty to take at that point in the game. I thought I was telling Dave, like, it's like yeah. the Red Wings are, are lucky to be up a couple goals. And you got the feeling like, OK, you give the Jets a power play, they're probably going to score. And they did. Uh, so you're right. I mean, the little fortuitous uh, Dubois, you know, the bounce comes right to Shifley and Moritz Sider just doesn't react quickly enough, um, you know, to disrupt the play there and get a stick or whatever on, on Shifley. So. Look at, I mean, they made it interesting there, but like I said, I mean, how many times can you keep coming back from two goal, three goal deficits, right? Like the Jets made it close, but, uh, you know, Larkin's goal ended up being the, the game winner. And again, you know, it was entertaining and everything like that. But again, I think the the coaching staff is, is going to be uh, giving the Jets a little bit of a tongue lashing if they haven't already. That's right. And the Jets, as I said, they got close. It's 6-5 at this point in time. They're applying the pressure. They're keeping, uh, they're keeping, uh, you know, the, the Red Wings hemmed into their own zone. Neil Pionk hits the post or hits the crossbar and comes that close to tying the game. But with the uh, net empty and with Connor Hellebuck on the bench as the Jets again were controlling the play, it's a turnover in the offensive zone, in the Red Wings zone. Nikolai Ehlers, I thought, was maybe being a little bit too cute, a little bit too pretty in this instance. It's a turnover. It ends up on the stick of Dylan Larkin. He headmans it to Lucas Raymond, and Lucas Raymond uh, finally uh, wraps up the Betway game recap. Oh, you don't uh, want to break down it- that goal? You can break it down by all means. No, no. Go ahead, Dave. I'm good. You want to, how, long, how much longer you want to be here, my boy? My I'm good. I'm okay. good. I'm good. Well, Lucas Raymond, it's his 11th of the year. Uh, assist to Dylan Larkin, and that wraps it up. 7 5 is the final score in tonight's game. Dallas won 2 1 in a shootout, by the way. So it looks like <laughs> yeah. that, is- that game recap would have been a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Bones isn't going to be going to the All Star game. I was hoping for him, but yes, I know. But uh, no, it's going to be, it's, it's not going to be. Rick Bonus uh, at the uh, All-Star game. Uh, it's not the Winnipeg Jets night. They drop the decision in Detroit by that exhilarating 7-5 margin. 
uh, as the Jets uh, finish up the first 41 games of the regular season, the official halfway mark of the regular season with a very impressive record of 41, pardon me, 26, 14 and one good for 53 points, one point behind the division leading. No, I guess I need to refresh that because Dallas has played 42 games. The Jets are three point back. Three, three points, points back. behind Dallas. Yeah, I hadn't refreshed yet. Three points with, with a game behind in hand. Dallas with a game in hand, uh, firmly in a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Let's go to that's funny. Uh, but I'm not even going to read it for the, but that's a funny comment. Last, last, last post game winner, Glenn Howard, he takes it down on the, on the, he said the Betway game recap was so long as these tubes grew back. Come on, Drew. <laughs> you got to think about the people in the pot who are listening. I know, yeah, Winnipeg I know. Jets might be getting a, a tough duck toke for that one. Yeah, I was. Well, I, it'll I, go I, with his. It'll go with the with the merch that he just got. So uh, true. He won. Go. He that'll was make the it merchandise easier. winner on. He was the merchandise winner on on Sunday. It, speaking of the merchandise, speaking of tough duck, when we come back, we'll do. Some Nobody's getting stuff. this one. Nobody's getting it. Sorry, Frosty. He's been trying doing all his little Detroit Rock City eight mile, which was Eddie's suggestion. No, no, I went off the board, folks. You have good spaghetti. Detroit knowledge, like I do. You ain't getting it. When we come back, we'll tell you the unique code word and more on the Jets' loss in Detroit. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you on a Tuesday night. Stay with us. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? 
No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Tuesday evening, five minutes before the top of the hour. Drew Mandel. It's Dave almost Wednesday Dave. evening, Drew. <laughs> not quite yet. Not quite yet. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you talking about the Jets' defeat in Detroit 7-5. Some non-hockey uh, news, a number of uh, reports coming out that uh, the, the Vince McMahon and the WWE have been sold. Disney? To, no, to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Uh, which is, of course, uh, doing a lot of uh, making a lot of purchases and doing a lot of things. Well, to... WWE has gone to Saudi Arabia before. They have. They, I think, they have a yeah. contract or an agreement with them to do maybe two or three shows a year there. But uh, a number of reports that the entire business has been sold to the Saudi Arabia. Saudi Wait, is that Arabia. are they the same ones who own Live? Yes, they are the. It's the same organization. Hold on, wait, one second, guys. Breaking news: Illegal Curve Hockey has now been <laughs> sold to the Saudi interests. I was going to say no, we've been trying to record, sell to the Saudis for for years. For the record, right? we will now no longer be called the Hebrew Hockey Hour. <laughs> <laughs> we are now the officially the uh, non-denominational hockey show. Hey, like, I, so I, I, you guys know I'm a wrestling fan, so I, I like I don't really know if this if this impacts you know me as a fan or you know maybe people in the chat like wrestling. I don't know if people care about this. But I do have one question. How do you think Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon feel? Like, do you think that they thought that they were going to inherit this the whole time? Because I'm now sure they don't. Counting now their they million. don't. Yeah, well, but as they're they, counting uh, all their money, though. Well, no, I'm sure that I'm sure that you know they're they're going to be happy with you know. I, 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 look, they're multi 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 millionaires, if not billionaires. Billionaires. But, but I'm just Jeez. saying. I wonder if Shane McMahon and and Stephanie McMahon are a little bit upset that uh, you know they're not they they were the heir heir parents, right? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that they can. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they can afford to buy their own, uh, start their own wrestling organization if they want to. I'm sure there's a no compete clause, but uh, no details about the price. All right, or folks. Like and for the record, illegal curve is unsellable. It's true. No one wants to buy us. No, we've tried to sell it. We, we, yeah. We've really put it up. We've put yeah. it up for. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, didn't we have it on Craigslist, Drew, for a few years? Yeah, we were willing to consider interesting <laughs> trades. Yeah, we didn't even have to be John Voigt's yeah. car. We were willing to take John Voigt's car, John yeah. Voigt's pencil with the bike marks. We were willing to take any sort of price for for it, but uh, nobody was stepping didn't up. Didn't the score table. try to buy us right before the Jets came back? Do you remember that, guys? Yes. Remember, it seemed there was some type of yeah. unsolicited offer. I was, I no, think, it was a solicited offer, but but regardless, we, okay. we, we yeah. told them to go to go below. Yeah, they they, they didn't mean they couldn't suck a lollipop, as Drew likes to say. That's true. I do like this. That is my one of my go-to phrases. Go suck a lollipop. Uh, speaking of, uh, forget it. I got no. I got no segue there. I got no. I got no tangent. Well, you uh, you went with. Hey, sorry, Drew. You started this with uh, the whole. Let's talk about the WWE for God's sakes. Well, I'm hoping that Ginsburg has a tough duck, hardest hitting comment, but I also think that he may have completely forgotten to do that during the during the. No, hold on. Break. Give me give me one uh, sec here. I'll send it okay. to you. So, Jason Eastwood. Sold. Yeah, there you go, Anthony. <laughs> exactly. You, did Jason? Did you steal it from in the park from uh, from him in Central Park when he was exercising? Uh, I, you know, I couldn't think about the uh, the actor that they mentioned on Seinfeld. I remember John Voight, John Voight's uh, John Voight's pencil, John Voight's oh. car, but I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Congratulations, Spencer. Six ninety nine. It's now the uh, it's now the Spency Show. Brought to you from uh, Spencer's hot tub only on uh, New Year's Eve. Let me tell you something. If I had the ability to make a to make a quick overlay and make this the Spency show, I would. But unfortunately, that takes me a little bit more time than than I could right now while this show is gone going on. But thank well, you, Spency. Yes, there you go. One one day when Dave and I aren't able to do the the post game show, we're just going to do a split screen. It's just going to be Ginsburg and Spencer uh, on on the screen. Spency Drew, not Spencer. Spency. Ginsburg and, and Spency. But we're not going to actually have the cry on that says uh, who is who. So people are going <laughs> to they're going to dress exactly the same. We're going to outfit them exactly the same, and it'll be uh, and this way it'll be very confusing as to who is doing what. They'll be drinking at the same time. They'll be in the same hot tub. It'll be very confusing, but it'll make for some. Uh, uh, entertaining uh is this what is this television youtube television whatever it's sort of yeah, it's YouTube. broadcast platform uh this uh, is best form of television drew what are you talking about there you go ezzy do you have a tough comment for the by the way comment two things jay jay gagnon yeah we are hearing from you we can see your comments in case you're wondering you're on facebook but we can still see them in the chat well drew and i and ezzy can and uh comet still wants your father-in-law's uh, clock there drew so Maybe we should make like a little small, like, like, you know how the Jets give away like bobbleheads? Maybe we should give yeah. away like little grandfather clocks. That could be. That would, first, that would... first hundred get first hundred YouTubers get uh, a, a Drew's grandfather clock. And then like every time it beeps, instead of like a little uh, cuckoo bird coming out, <laughs> it's it's Drew's face. <laughs> and it says, good morning, universe. Good morning, Manitoba. Do you know how many people would take this? They would take a sledgehammer to it, then they would find an incinerator and put it in that, and then they would set off some sort of nuclear uh, nuclear <laughs> fission rea- uh, explosion to get rid of that thing as quickly as they humanly can, Dave. That's how bad that thing would be uh, for people. I'd be into it. Yet. I'd put up one of those. I, I'd, I'd be into that, Drew. I'd support okay. you. I appreciate that. Well, Ginsburg's looking for the tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Why yes. don't we switch things around? There's I so don't... many good comments. I'm trying to isolate the best ones. Just, give me one minute, Drew. I'm getting Take close here. I'm narrowing Ezzy, down. I'm not, Ezzy, I, Ezzy, yeah. I'm not going to try and put my thumb on the scale, but if Darwin Moore could win, although Darwin has a, a jet scare coming his way, so I mean, maybe he shouldn't be so so greedy. But let's do the merchandise contest. The unique code ah, word, the illegal of. curve for the illegal curve merchandise contest. Again, if you're trying to figure out how to enter the, the illegal curve merchandise contest in the uh, show description here on YouTube, click the link. It says contest link. Click it. The, the 
gives you a whole list of things that you can do to gain entries into the Illegal Curve contest. If you can't find it in the YouTube show description for some reason, go to our website, illegalcurve.com. Click on basically any article. You'll find it there. You'll see all the things you can do. One of those things is entering the unique code, which for tonight's show, and Dave M is going to explain it, is all one word, West River Front Park. West, West River, Front, River Park. Front Park. Dave, you lived in Detroit. Explain. I didn't live in Detroit, West but I lived. I lived near. I lived in about an hour. Uh, you went. You spent enough Michigan, time in, in Detroit. Detroit that you can say you live there. Explain what West Riverfront Park is. West Riverfront Park is. Drum roll, please. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, drum roll, but okay, I'll go with it anyways. It is right outside of Joe Louis Arena because, of course, Joe Louis Arena is being knocked down. And it is the walkway that goes the um, right along the river, the Detroit River. So uh, for those of the, you who have walked from, uh, well, anywhere in Detroit and towards the Joe Louis Arena and walked along the, the river, there's a they've converted it. It used to be all kind of this, I don't want to say run down, but it was a little bit run down. And now they're converting it into this real nice stretch of parkland. So uh, it's part of the revitalization of Detroit. Detroit's a pretty uh, fun little city to to check out like a lot of U.S. cities, and there's some good parts, of course, and there's some bad parts. But there, the, the the sports area is incredible, and where where they've put Little Caesars Arena, which is right near Comerica, which is right near Ford Field, uh, is awesome. Like it really is, and it's right near um, uh, the the theater, and it's right near Hockeytown, USA. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of cool history in in Detroit and uh, West Riverfront Park. Is I wanted they needed to go something off the board a little bit. Yeah. And uh, that that's slightly off the board for those who uh, might not get it. But if you've been to Detroit, it's a it's a new park that is coming up, and it's uh, it'll be quite a nice little stretch. Okay, so West Riverfront Park is your unique code to enter for the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. All caps, all one word. West Riverfront Park merchandise winner for tonight's game. Hold on, hold on. Uno momento por favor, because Jeff Cables just brought up one of my favorite movies of all time, Beverly Hills Cop, and I wish. I wish that Detroit was like that, but it's 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 not not anymore. Is it cables? We need Jeff to tell us if it's cables. I think it's Kabilis. That's what, did I, say? what, what did I say? Isn't that you what said I said? Cables. Yeah, whatever. I thought it was cables. <laughs> provide us provide us with some clarification, Jeff. Okay, yeah. Give us the 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 proper proper saying. Jeff, name, Jeff Jeff is our is our day one. Like he's been with us. He's always in the chat. Yeah, right? yeah. He's and by the way, for the record, Drew, the winner of the of the illegal curve contest. Was in the chat in the pre during the during the game, and I was I wanted to tell them that they were the winner. I, I'm pretty sure they're still here, but I, I but th there was about 15 people in the chat, and I but I think at least five of them had won the contest before. So I figured by process of elimination they might start. Although you can win more than once, but I didn't want to give it away. They were there. I wanted to tell them, but I I didn't want to ruin it. I wanted the anticipation to be here at the end of the at the post game show. So winner is here in the chat, according to Drew. Let's hear the name. Let's see it. In, in bones, bones, we trust. Oh, wow. In Talking bones. about a deserving winner, somebody who's a regular here on this post-game show. He knows he finally is able to hoist the cup. He is the victor of the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest for tonight's uh, for tonight's game. So see, Rick Bonus doesn't get to go to the All-Star game, but In Bones We Trust gets the Jets merchandise. That's see, everything's, right. everything's coming full circle for In Bones We Trust. Yes, uh, a well-deserving winner. He's been here. He's put in his time. He's put in the effort. He's done the heavy lifting. He's entered the contest. He's like, thank God I don't have to watch these guys anymore. <laughs>
He's entered the contests over and over and over and over and over again to generate the uh, the contest entries. And now he can take pride in the fact that in Bones We Trust, you have won the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. Cong- yes, there he is right there. <laughs> there you go in bones we trust congratulations to you uh dave will of course be in touch so we do appreciate all and of you and further to that further to us. that yeah. further to that expect friday folks friday is going to be a, a busy delivery day for me so i will be messaging you emailing you and so if you haven't gotten your ic gear well it's not really ic gear it's, it's jets merch from ic you will be getting it. Oh, I was going to highlight that comment. So thank you, Drew. I don't have to now. Shout but out to yes. Yuri PA, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So thank Casey, you, Casey. Welcome. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the otter. We'll go to see the otters for sure. But uh, next time we're in PA. There you go. That's terrific. We're shout out to Sher- shout out to Sherry Basson as well. Of course, lots of ties between uh, Sherry Basson and, of course, the fair city here of Winnipeg. Uh, so uh, you know you got a, a, a very dedicated owner uh, uh, there in Erie with Sherry Basson, who, of course, is I think he's he's originally from Winnipeg. If I'm he not is. mistaken, yeah. yeah exactly. Or he's got Winnipeg ties for sure. Yeah, definitely a lot of roots here to Winnipeg, so a lot of yeah. connectivity there. But uh, Stacy, welcome to the welcome to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, the Illegal Curve post game show. We do this after each and every Jets game, and again Saturday mornings at nine a.m. Next time we're going to do this, of course, and before we're not going to wrap up before we have the tough duck hardest hitting comment. Uh, next time we're going to do this is Thursday night right around 8.45 p.m. Central Time after the Jets and the Buffalo Sabres do battle. So we'll be back again in about uh, well, a little less than 48 hours from now to do yet another post-game show. But before we go, we have a Tough Duck hardest-hitting comment. Mr. Ginsburg, I'm putting it up on the screen. Why don't you read the comment and announce the winner? Yeah, we're going to give it to Andrea Kohak. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I like your comment because, you know, we talked about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois even though, you know, the Jets uh, definitely weren't that great defensively, offensively. And Dubois only had one assist, but, you know, I thought he could have easily had, uh, you know, a goal or, or two and definitely had another assist or two. He was really good. So I like this comment. Dubois missed lots tonight. Jets can't continue to not play at start of game. Have they not learned this year? Not learned this yet? Obviously not. I agree. Like, you know, the Vancouver game, obviously the Jets got the good start. But, you know, guys, we're 41 games into the season here. And, you know, this has been a pretty big issue for the Jets. So you got to clean that up. You're facing a a pretty good Buffalo team that wants to get into a playoff spot. And you're facing a Penguins team um, that isn't a a playoff spot. By the way, I love that the team went to Chris Letang's. uh, I'm not sure who who that was in his family, but somebody. His father. His father. It was his dad. So I love the fact that the Penguins went with Letang. That shows you uh, how classy. As they didn't even go with him. He was already in Montreal. They flew from Arizona to Montreal. Right. Sorry. That's what I meant to say. So I I, I love seeing stuff like that. That's just, I mean, you know, we talked about Josh Morrissey's dad a lot last year. Like the fact that, you know, you you realize hockey is not as important as life. Right. So these guys, you know, they, they get behind one another, but anyways, I'm going on a tangent here. Um, Andrea, send me an email, Ezra at illegalcurve.com with your mailing address and tough duck will shoot ship out a tube to you. There you go. Congratulations to Andrea. Congratulations to InBones. We trust congratulations to all of you 
for joining us tonight on the Illegal Curve post-game show uh, here on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us some feedback, both here on the YouTube channel and on our iTunes page. We always appreciate the comments and the feedback regarding this fine program that we try and put forth to you on a regular basis. Uh, big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve. Where's Frosty? Let's go, Frosty. Who make the Saturday show, who make the website a possibility. Our friends, of course, at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club Sugar Sammy in town Friday and Saturday. There are a handful of tickets left for Friday's Late Show, and I'm pretty sure all the other shows are sold out. But if you want to see Sugar Sammy, there's a few left for the Friday Late Show. Tyler Penner also at Rumors Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Get your tickets now, RumorsComedyClub.com. Our friend Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Linden Market Dental Center. For all your dental needs, you check out Linden Market Dental Center. Zapia Group Realty, you know you need them for your realty needs. Frosty's missing a P, uh, second P in Zapia. There you go. He can, he'll fix that up. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Frosty will fix that in no time flat. Uh, Betway, they're the official title sponsor of the post game show. Tough Duck, hardest hitting comments. Boston Pizza, Seagrams, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg. Big thanks to all these fine businesses because of their continued support of illegal curb hockey. We're next in action Thursday night, 8.45 p.m. Central Time, back here on our YouTube channel. We'll talk about the Jets and the Sabres that night. For Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. The Jets lose 7-5 in Detroit. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.